just cracked, <laughs> literally just cracked my knuckle there as I was starting, which put me off slightly. Hello, welcome to recap number eight. You can all crack your knuckles now because we're ready just to do another little recap uh, at the end of the week eight. Congratulations again. Uh, I'll always start the recaps by saying that. Congratulations on getting another two weeks. If you don't listen to this, by the way, that's fine. I'll congratulate all the rest of you who don't listen to the recap. All those who who just are making their way through it, well done to you as well, even though you'll not hear that, but the rest of you can pass it on to them. Um, so week 7 and week 8. Good old Leviticus, good old numbers, good old bunch of laws. Just all over the place. We've been through yeah, various parts of numbers, various parts of Leviticus wee bits of excess thrown in there, even a Sam thrown in for good measure. Um, again, it's been a, a little bit jumpy probably for you. There's been some days where it's been quite straightforward. Other times we've gone into parts of Leviticus and then out of Leviticus and then in, in Numbers later on and then back to the start of Numbers. That's all just part of the chronological sense of putting this all on a timeline and trying to keep all the laws together and, and trying to keep a sense of the the overall picture together um, and so that's just the, the chronological approach which does come in handy and I I personally find it with those psalms that are thrown in and we'll find that later on in the months the, when the psalms are thrown in the middle of the stories kind of adds a little bit for me anyway kind of makes a bit of sense of the psalms when otherwise we just read them as kind of a, a separate book and they're very hard to get your your head around um, but I'm going to keep this recap quite short. I know the last one was up over 11 minutes and I always said I would try to keep it around 10. So I'm going to try and beat 10 today. So I've, I've only got 8 minutes left. Um, and I want to just talk quickly about two big events that happened in week 7 and week 8. One happened each week, essentially. We had the Day of Atonement in Leviticus chapter 16 back in day... Uh, day 45 so yeah right from the start a couple of days into week 7 we had the day of atonement which very interesting very weird day when you get this the Azazel the, the scapegoat and in fact yeah the a scapegoat or a scapegoat is where we get this from the sense of sending something away or, or putting the blame on something else the Jews still celebrate this it's known as Yom Kippur uh, and again I'm reading from the Jewish JPS Torah commentary um, where it says in Yom Kippur in this day of atonement and they'll let you into a little secret just at that point which has nothing to do with Leviticus something weird just happened my voice there if you listen back just that last bit it goes into like a deep one of those kind of weird effects voices that you don't know you don't want somebody to know it's you so you put on a weird effect to try and make it sound really deep and slow that's because there's, every now and again there's an error appears on my computer and I okay it. And as soon as I okay it, it makes my voice go weird. So some of those do appear in the weeks as we go through. I'll be relying on you to tell me and let me know ahead of time or when you come across those. And I'll go back in and edit them out and redo them. So that's just a, a little aside. The Day of Atonement, we see the two processes which are evident in this, we see a purification through sacrificial blood and a purification by riddance. They're both woven into one of the most complex rituals to have reached today's society from any ancient society. And in a sense, when this was the start, it was to purify the temple and any impure or defiled 
sanctuary, any impure or defiled meant that God would withdraw his presence from the Israelite community. And that's from the commentary. That's what they believed would happen if it, anything impure or defiled was there. God would withdraw himself from the Israelite community. And of course they didn't want that. They wanted God's presence amongst them. God had brought them out. God had gone before them. God had led them. And so they wanted his presence with them. And so they, they came about and they were given this Day of Atonement, an annual event, where each year they would come and go through these rituals and, in a sense, allow once more God to be present with them. Of course, this is totally different from any other society at the time, an ancient society, in that for the pagan gods you just had to guess and you just had to hope. That's why it involved cutting yourself, that's why it involved giving your children because you wanted to make sure kind of God was on your side. Uh, and so this is God giving them the way of doing this. Put it all on the scapegoat. Send the goat off, the Azazel, into the wilderness. And your sins would go with him. After the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in AD 70. Which was a massive thing for the Jews. Until then they had thought that this Day of Atonement applied purely for, for them. And for the temple most of all. But after the destruction of the temple the shift moved to the people themselves rather than the temple and the day of atonement was purely for them as a people to purify themselves and cast their sins off and of course through all this language through everything i'm saying if you come from a christian perspective if you've read the new testament you know where all this is going and the picture that is formed in your mind without even thinking about it is jesus uh, as the scapegoat jesus as the one who purifies us jesus as the one who makes sure god's presence is with us because we purify ourselves from our sins. As we said, the purification through sacrificial blood and the purification by riddance. Those were the two processes in Yom Kippur and the Day of Atonement. And those are the two processes in the cross and Jesus in the New Testament. And so there's there's a good reason to know this and to read this because that's, that's where we get that from. And that's where all those analogies that the New Testament writers use, that's where it comes from Leviticus 16. The other I just want to tell you about quickly as well is at the very last day of week 8, which you'll be coming up to shortly, it might even be today or yesterday or, well, whenever you listen to it, and that was the unbelief of Israel on the edge of the promised land. If Exodus was God's redemption of his, uh, that's the theme of Exodus, if that was God's redemption of his people from Egyptian bondage, and if Leviticus was God revealing himself and, and that was a dating stage for him and his people, then the theme of numbers is really that the people who knew God, who God revealed himself to, the people who came out of God's redemption and came out of Egyptian bondage, they stand on the edge of the promised land, on the edge of all that was promised to them, and they blow it. They don't trust after all that they've been through, after all that they've seen. They still don't trust God because of these spies who come back with mixed stories, with some telling the truth and some not telling the truth with some being totally assured of God's presence with them and God's victory which will be on their hands and others who are just concerned about their safety and worried and forget about God. And so we see at the end of week 8 this pivotal moment where the old generation of these Israelites who came out and saw all that God did, they are promised to be destroyed and the new generation are ones who will see God's blessing and see all that God has in store for them 
Uh, and that's down to Moses interceding for them and God changing his mind from destroying all of them to giving them a second chance and allowing them, this new generation, to be raised up uh, and to see the promised land. And so what was only a couple of a couple of days, essentially, I mean, they left day 52, they, sorry, day 53, and that's in numbers, that's when they leave, so everything else has been at Sinai. They leave Sinai, and within two days of our reading, probably not even two days travel, they've come to where they should be in the promised land, and they blow it, and then they're sent out into the wilderness for 40 years, so that this old generation can die off, and the new generation can come and be part of it all. And so that's where we leave it. That's the end of week eight, where we find ourselves at this moment where we're going to kind of set off in this 40 years of wilderness wandering and set off in this huge event for the Israelites. And I've got just over to nine minutes, so that's where we're going to leave it. Well done in getting this far. You're now a, a kind of 8.50 tooth. What's, what's that? Just under a sixth of the way there, so well done. We're getting there. I hope you're enjoying it. Hello to the two people. Hello to both of you from the wedding that I saw on Saturday. Hope you've been enjoying it and, and following along. And to the rest of you, I hope you enjoy these next two weeks as we journey through the wilderness together. If you have any questions, if you would like any other things clarified, if you would like me to, to look at anything in particular in the recaps or, or even if you want me to put up a separate thing to look specifically at something just let me know at johnny, j-o-n-n-y, at jwfraser.com. It's j-w-f-r-a-z-e-r.com. And I'm just going to make it because it goes 9.54, 9.55. So have a good two weeks. Beat the 10 minutes.